we have shifted in 2018. There's just been a, a great shift. And uh, some of it has to do with a heart and really following uh, God's vision. Uh, you're, hopefully already you know that your family is better than it was before at the beginning. Can I get an amen from anybody? Amen. Your family, your home, your personal life, it's better. Uh, we're working hard on that. We're trying to reach every family. Every family. We just want to reach families. We've got a lot more to do there. Uh, and embracing everyone as a part of the Freedom Family, that's something that we do. Uh, but these have been very clear action steps. We, we've got more to do in September. You'll hear more about this soon. But secondly is empowering every family. That's what I'm doing during this summer series. It's hard to believe we're wrapping up August right now. But uh, summer's as long as I want it to be, though, just so you know. I, somebody, thank God, you can still go to the beach in September. Somebody yes. praise God. October, get an October, anybody? All right, so uh, some of us, when we were at the bay for baptism, uh, we um, experienced, some people experienced that bay for the first time. That was kind of interesting to me. That you can live here for years and years and never have been to the bay. And for those of you who don't like big waves hitting you in the face, you would much prefer the bay. For those of you who don't like riptides, you would love the bay. You know, just go and and hang out there. And the cool thing, like where we went at 64th Street, not 64th Street, excuse me, some people ended up at 64th Street. Don't, that's not where we went. That's a good place to go. But we went there at First Landing Park is that you can see the sunset. And you can't usually see the sunset over the water, but if you go to the bay, you can see the sunset. So go out there like 6, 7 o'clock and just enjoy it. It was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Uh, there are things that, that God has for you that you have not experienced yet. Right? Some things that you haven't embraced yet. I tell you about Jesus. I don't need to hear that preaching. I've already heard everything. No, you haven't. You haven't. I haven't. I haven't. How many have found that he's new? Anybody found that he's new? About time. I had somebody tell me one time. I said, why don't you come listen to the preaching? Well, I've heard it all. Well, okay. Why don't you just go to heaven then? You know? And where's the thousands of people that you have brought into the kingdom? You know? And where... So we need the new things that God is doing. So uh, I want to, we've been in this sermon series, The Good Life. Uh, today, or last week we talked about greater things. This week we want to talk about greater wholeness. Somebody say wholeness. Uh, anybody got like great, got grandparents who knew Jesus? Anybody got grandparents that knew Jesus? I mean, I don't know how far back it goes for you, but I, my great-grandparents, I was thinking about my memos and my great memos and papaws, because if, you're, if you were born in Kentucky, that's what you called a memo and papaw. And uh, I was thinking about the gift of my great memo and papaw Hyatt, okay? Not Hyatt Regency Hyatts. These were the farmer Hyatts, okay? And uh, uh, I remember going to church with my great-grandparents and my great my great grandma Gum, okay? I love the last name Gum. I think almost all of us as grandparents should be called Gum. I don't know. I don't, it just seems right. But uh, Grandma Gum, I can remember seeing them, knowing them, watching them serve the Lord Jesus. Uh, I think of Diana's grandmother, Grandma Davis. I mean, such amazing people. But just so you know, this is my experience of church has changed over the years, okay? My papa uh, was a preacher in Kentucky, in the hills of Kentucky, uh, and anybody, some of you are going to relate to this, some of you are not, so if you don't relate to it, just be surprised. If you do, just say, yeah, I get that, okay? He was a part of something called the holiness movement. Anybody heard of that before? You, could, you can look it up, Google if you want, but the holiness movement, and so just so you know, most of the people in this room right now... Uh, if you were a part of the holiness movement that my papaw was a part of, most of you, just by looking at you, would be going to hell. Just look at, even me, okay? All right? I mean, because there were so many things that were involved in it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. All right? Two, three, four. Some of you understand, okay? Yep. Now, Rest and Debbie, you understand. Because uh, the first problem with the, with the ladies, because we, we had a list about this long for women, okay? Uh, some of you are wearing makeup, and that, you can't be wearing makeup and be a Christian. And, and you're wearing jewelry, that ungodly jewelry, uh, that... My wife wears, hallelujah. Anyway, 
couldn't do that. And some of you, I don't know, look around. Some of you have cut your hair, all right? Because you could not cut your hair. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you could not cut your hair because there was a scripture about haircutting somewhere. And so uh, you couldn't cut your hair. My Aunt Josephine, God rest her soul, I don't think she ever had her hair cut, all right? And, uh, but she would pile it up about this high. I remember that because she didn't know what to do with it. But that was the, the holiness, the holiness movement. I mean, even men, in order to stand up and preach, you had to wear like long sleeves. Uh, now, there were some people that said ties were against their religion. You, had, you couldn't wear a tie. That was a little bit too ungodly. How many think that's weird? Anybody think that stuff's weird? Now, while I'm telling you that, I also don't want to disrespect some of those people that went before me because I wasn't there. You understand? I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Like, uh, uh, but I was almost there because I grew up with some ideology that was really kind of Interesting. All right. For for instance, uh, uh, has any, does anybody smoke? Okay, because you're definitely going to hell. Okay, and uh, if you drink, you're like first in line. You get that? All right. That was that was kind of the stuff. Again, I wasn't there for all of it. So 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 unless you unless you've walked in that particular time and know what's going on. But when I when I look back. Over my life and the idea of holiness, uh, I didn't have certain things. I didn't have certain information that I needed. And it caused a little bit of a struggle in my life because I began to think in order to be saved, I had to dress a particular way or walk a particular way. You see what I'm saying? And I missed some things that I really needed to know about, some deeper things. I mean, it's fine to dress a certain way if you have a conviction regarding that. I mean, I, I'm all for modesty. Amen? Somebody for that? You think it's a good thing? I mean, I'm all for that. But at the same time, uh, there, there's more to it. We're not talking about just holiness here. We're talking about wholeness. Somebody say wholeness. Wholeness. Now, holiness is a part of that, but we're talking about wholeness. What God wants is for us to have greater wholeness. Now, I want you to look at the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Uh, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody read that with me? You need to read the word with me. Come on, read it. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody want to have any expectations about how life's going to be when you leave service today? Have any expectations? I mean, for me, I, I, I would hope, does anybody believe that you came to church and when you leave, your lives are going to be better than when you came? Amen. Anybody believe that? Amen. Do you believe that? Do you ever come with that expectation? Or do you sometimes come saying, okay, I'm at church. Let's sing and listen to the preaching and let's get to the golden corral, you know? <laughs> Sometimes that's how we come to church, though. We come to church, and we just come through motions, right? We sometimes, we, we are at that place. I'm going to tell you one of the reasons that you end up at that place. You end up at that place because you are convinced you are, at, you are already whole. I got it all together. I really already heard it. I, I don't necessarily need that. And we, anybody ever pretended like you ever had it all together when you didn't? I'm going to lift both of my hands. We can do better. I uh, listen often to a satellite radio, Sirius XM. Uh, there's two really cool stations there. Uh, one is uh, the praise station, Kirk Franklin. Uh, that's, that's his station. By the way, I got to meet Kirk Franklin the other day. I did, I did. Uh, it's been a couple weeks ago, but I got to meet him. Uh, he is as short as he looks. <laughs> JC, are you with me? Okay, anyway, so, man, I did not say that to him when I saw him. He and uh, Tori Kelly were doing a new video that's they've coming out, and our son-in-law, Lauren, was the musical pro producer behind that. He ran, he was mixing the sound and put all the, that together. I was enjoying that, but 
uh, I say that because uh, I was listening to the radio, and I, you ever listen to radio, and, and it's like, man, that's a great song, and then they play it again, and they play it again, and they play it again. It's like, okay, I really like this song, uh, and this is one of those. Uh, how many have ever heard Mandisa's song, We All Bleed the Same? Have you ever heard it? We all bleed the same. Kirk Franklin sings that with her. I just, that's my connection there. So uh, he's a part of that. But uh, anybody heard it? Yeah. We all bleed the same. We're all beautiful when we come together. We all bleed the same. I'll be the percussion section. Tell me why, tell me why we're divided. So uh, it's not a worship song. It's not. All the songs that you hear are not worship songs, and that song's not a worship song. It's a message song, and since I've spent a lot of time uh, with it, I, one of the things that I realize is that we all bleed the same. The first time I heard that phrase was not when Mandisa wrote that, put that particular song together, okay? Because I've heard that before, and, and here's the idea. Uh, you understand that in the world there's a lot of division. Everybody understand that? I know when we come here, we're diverse and we're united. Somebody praise God for that, all right? But uh, when, you, when you leave this place, you will experience a great deal of difficulty. And I think this song came out after the last, you know, uh, in the last five years, we've seen so much of the headlines of, of young uh, individuals of color who had lost their lives uh, in a way that they should not have lost their lives. And, and you hear that, and, and then out of that, there's a great deal of debate and discussion. And, and, and then maybe over the last year or so, you've seen some things that happened, like in Charlottesville and uh, stuff like that. And you say, why are we divided? And then answering the question, we all bleed the same, kind of helps us. And I, I really like the, the term, whether it's a racial discussion or not. Listen, listen. How many have ever had pain? Anybody ever had pain in their body? Ever had hurt? Uh, you, know, I, you know, we were dealing with some pain, Diana's arm, having a lot of pain in it. I mean, just excruciating. Anybody had excruciating pain before? And Felicia, you know, uh, ruptured a disc in her back, and she's been suffering all this month with this ruptured disc. We've been praying, asking God to help her and heal her body, and she's walking through it, seeing some progress sometimes, and we're expecting the next week or so she can get up and be moving around again. But uh, uh, how many have ever had big pain in their life? Look around. Anybody ever done that? All right. How many? ever cut? Anybody been cut before? Uh, so uh, I'm not getting the hand raising that I wanted, all right? So how many have ever had excruciating pain before, all right? How many have ever been sick before? Anybody been sick, all right? So what I'm telling you is that in this particular room, there are a lot of people that have had a lot of pain in their lives, a lot of hurt and a lot of difficulty in their lives. So I'm saying we all get hurt. We all struggle. We all do. So when I say we all bleed the same, we understand where it comes from there. But just so you know, you don't have to be poor to be divorced, to have a relational brokenness, a broken, brokenness in your life. You don't, you don't have to be uh, in a difficult uh, marriage uh, in order to have, uh, to, to have hurt and pain in your life. Uh, you don't have you. You can be wealthy, or you can be broke, and still experience physical abuse. Amen. Happens to everybody. Pain doesn't care how much money is in your bank account. Amen. What? Trouble will find you in Beverly Hills or in a broken neighborhood in the slums of New York. Anxiety and depression are not selective. They will chase you down and attempt to destroy you, whether you're a banker on Wall Street or homeless at the boardwalk. And addictions don't care. This is one of the things I found out. I have found wealthy people that are addicted. I found that drugs don't care who they destroy. They will destroy your life whether you are Demi Lovato or just somebody who lives down the street from Demi Lovato. We all bleed the same. We all hurt the same. We all have pain the same, which brings me to this reality. We all need wholeness. We all need it. And, and you can't buy wholeness. You can't pretend wholeness. Well, you can pretend, but it doesn't do any good. We, we, we are not, we're not very far right now. Somebody praise God for sending your kids back to school. Mm -hmm. 
need a little B3 organ right now because people are worshiping Jesus. <laughs> Summer break is almost over and many of our people are out of town on, on this Sunday, getting one more quick break before the season starts. And then they all go back to school and we all celebrate next Sunday. We want them all to do well. We just want them to go and do well there. The entire series has come from one moment of reflection in my life where I was traveling with my family in early June and I began to write down statements about how to make life better. And we have had this series, The Good Life, and, and, and out of it, um, we've seen God do a lot of things. But as I was writing the sermon, considering it today, I pro I, I probably a better name would have been The Whole Life. Because... Because it's just, life is just not as good if we're not whole. Amen. Right? The idea is simply this. When you travel, hopefully you will rest. And hopefully you will eat well. And hopefully you will meditate on your life spiritually. If, if you're going to get some time off, for heaven's sake, come back better than the way you left. But we often take time away and just come back a rested version of our broken selves. Because brokenness becomes our norm. So we're going to study about wholeness and take some of these messages and revisit some topics. Uh, let me just open. We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I want to remind you that we are tripart individuals. We are spirit and we are soul and we are body. We are spirit. Say it. I'm a spirit. I am a soul, and I am a body. Now, you can see my flesh, but you don't see my soul, and you don't see my spirit. That's why when I die, and people say, well, look, he's dead. Look at his body right there. You don't understand that there is an invisible Ricky. All right? And that is my, the eternal part of me. Now, the scripture says in the, in the message version of 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy... And whole. He makes everything holy and whole. Make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of your master, Jesus Christ. So God not only wants to put you together, he wants to keep you together. He wants to bless you. Now, we remember, the spirit is the eternal part of us, right? When you are born again, you get a brand new baby spirit. And now, as your flesh understands the earthly realm, now your spirit communicates with heavenly things. That's why you say, well, I don't hear God. Get born again and start paying attention. Because he would like to speak to you. New birth is spiritual birth. Now we also have a soul, and your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? Now, in the, it, it's, sometimes when the Bible says heart, specifically in the Old Testament, it's speaking of your spirit and your heart. But, but when we look in the New Testament, we see a lot of diversity, as we see in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, where these things are separated, spirit and soul and your body. In 3 John, verse 2, uh, John writes this. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in hell in health just as your soul prospers. Now, I remind you of this because uh, how many know it's perfectly acceptable to pray to be prosperous? Anybody know that? Amen. Some of you ought to pray. God, prosper me. Bless me. But so you understand this as well. What this prayer is, this statement, that, that one of your issues, the big issue when it comes to blessing, is your soul condition. Because just because you got a good job, you can still find yourself in a mess and it's connected to your mind. It's connected to the way you think. It's, the, it's connected to your emotions, right? Because how many have ever blown something because you couldn't control your anger? Anybody been there before? And so you have seen that happen uh, in your life. So again, uh, we know what your spirit is and your souls, your mind, will, and your emotions. But then we also have uh, a body. Uh, and sometimes our struggle in our body has to do with we're, we're much more accustomed to doing what we want to do and our carnality is alive because our heart is broken and our flesh responds to what's going on in our mind and our thoughts and our unforgiveness and our anger and our flesh is responding uh, to things that have happened. If you've ever been hurt, if you've ever been uh, 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 left, rejected, 
uh, if you've ever had those things happen in your life and you get wounded in your heart, then something will happen and you will, you will act in your flesh according to what's going on in that broken area in your life. Now, when you get saved and you welcome the Holy Spirit, you're still in a struggle, right? How many found the struggle is real? Anybody found that? But what you're going to do is you're going to start, your body is going to start reacting to what the Spirit says rather than what your broken heart says. He's going to heal some things in your life. So, uh, again, we are, we, are, we are spirit, and we are soul, and we are body. So, uh, understanding that, again, the Apostle Paul writes that he wants your whole spirit and your soul and your body to be sort of blameless. Uh, uh, how many like uh, jigsaw puzzles? I thought about bringing one. Some of you like them? How many just really don't have... The, pay, the time or the patience, okay? Because those big giant, yeah, I, I don't understand why they would make one picture so complicated. All right? Now, I don't mind puzzles, but I like, I like preschool puzzles that have like four or five pieces to them. Right? I like those because, baby, I can snap those together and be out the door. This is my puzzle, you know? Uh, so uh, when, I, when I put together... Uh, that sort of a puzzle is easy. Now, here's what I'm saying. Some of us are making our lives more complicated than they need to be. You think your life is a jigsaw puzzle, and God is saying, no, your life is spirit and soul and body. Somebody needs to shout amen, okay? So, so uh, I, I'm not intending to oversimplify this, but, but, but I, I do want you to have an understanding that if we can get to the heart of these things, if, and you're saying, well, I'm just trying to get my body to act right. Folks, your body is not going to act right. Your carnality is going to scream until you back up and get born again and let the Holy Spirit begin to deal with the things that are in your soul. And then when your soul is healed, when you're born again, you'll immediately begin to see things change, but your carnality is still real. Right? But when, you're, when your soul begins to get healed, you're going to find things Get, things begin to change. So we're, I, I want to embrace some simple theology as we look at Scripture, and then we can come back and do some contextual look at the Scripture. Here we go. This is going to be a tough one. Greater wholeness is God's plan for your sanctification. Greater wholeness is God's plan. What's that last word for your sanctification? sanctification. Now, we had an understanding about testimonies when I was a boy, uh, and this is the way that we testified. I just want to praise God that I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Some, anybody, anybody ever said that before? I'm saved and I'm sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, we have a certain understanding about being filled with the Holy Ghost, and we have a certain understanding about being saved, but that sanctified thing, we're not really sure what that is at all. All right, And because we have confusion there, we keep trying to make it up as we go along. And then we begin to believe that being sanctified is, you know, what I do, you know. So I, I stop doing this, and I stop doing this, and I stop doing this, therefore I'm sanctified. And I want you to know that you are really messed up. And I, anybody else been messed up like that before, just really messed up in your understanding? So I want you to understand a couple of things. One, one of the things that we also believe, is this mic still on? Because it seemed to just die, all right? So one of, one of the things... Uh, uh, that, that, uh, that we believed was that salvation and sanctification and baptism of the Holy Spirit was in order, that you got saved, and then you couldn't be baptized in the Holy Spirit until you were sanctified first, okay? Now, to a point, there is great truth to that, but it seems like all the effort is on me. Like, i got to sanctify me, all right? Now, there's, there's two things you have to understand first, all right? Uh, in order to understand wholeness, in order to understand being sanctified, and that is this, justification and adoption. Anybody ever heard of these words before? Say it, justification and adoption. I want to take you just a little deeper. We're going to get deeper right now. Justification in Romans 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many know how you get saved? Anybody know how to get saved? Do you have any faith? Say, I don't have any faith, then you're not saved. Nobody gets saved without faith. How many believe in Jesus? How many in your heart believe that God raised him from the dead? That is faith. Now, here's what happens. When you got saved, did you immediately do everything right from then on out in your life? No. But were you saved? Why are you saved? Because you are just as if you had never sinned. 
It is the righteousness of God that he inputs into your life. He takes you, and because Jesus died on the cross, this is justification, because Jesus Christ died on the cross, he says, now you are justified. You got it? And then he does something else. In Galatians 4, he adopts you. He adopts you. He says, you're my child. Uh, Galatians 4, when the, when the time had fully come, God sent his son. Who's that? Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. He came under the law. Don't have time to deal with that too much. That we might receive adoption to sonship. So who, what, what else happens when you're saved? First of all, you are justified. And secondly, you are Adopted. Now, I know your daddy might have rejected you and your mama might have rejected you and you've been rejected all your life, but when you put your faith in Jesus, you are adopted into the family of God. So I ain't acting like a son. You may not be, but you're my child. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this because I want you to understand this positional sanctification. Uh, how many have ever seen one of these? Anybody seen one of these before? What is that? Yeah, but what's it say on the outside of it? Okay, so if you were a newcomer to freedom, you came back to see me, I might have given you one of these in a bag, okay? I also have water bottles, too, that I gave people, but this is, the, this is, but this is not just the Freedom Fellowship water mug. Did you understand? It's not. This is Rick's water mug, okay? You know whose this is? Okay, all right. So who drinks out of this? Who uses this? Why? It's mine. You know how it became mine? I put my name right there on it. Thank you. It's mine. Don't mess with it either. You know something else I do because it's mine? I clean it out. I clean it out because it's, all right, it's already mine. There was some dust in it when I got it, but I cleaned it out. All right, it wasn't clean when I put my sticker on it, but it's mine. You know what else I'm going to do with this? Because it's kind of it's nice. It's not for sitting on a shelf. I will put what I want to put in it, and then I will pour out of it what I want to pour out of. So some of you have this idea of sanctification like everything's all clean. No, no. Sanctification is this. God took you and said, you are mine. Somebody said, well, it ain't clean yet. I'll clean it up. It ain't got anything. It's not being used yet. I will Fill it up. What are you going to fill it up with? It's my business. Sanctification, you keep trying to figure what it is. Sanctification is God saying you belong to me. That's God. You say, well, I said I belong to God. But before, while you were still a sinner, God said, I'm after you. Anybody receive that? This is deep theology. People don't get this. Well, you know, I go, I want to be used by God. And I, I just, I, I got so much sin in my life. God, God wants you and all of your mess, all of your brokenness. He wants you right where you are. And he will put his name on you and he will call you his. Jesus. Anybody want this? Can't have it. It's mine. I ain't sharing it with nobody else. Don't, I could preach that all day. Put it here and hide it from all you. Because I'm going to give it refuge. Jesus. Okay, listen. I'm going to keep it safe. That's my cup. It's my, somebody say, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Now, who, whose are you? Who do you belong to? I am his. Say it. I'm his. I'm his. I mean, have you got it all figured out yet? Does he? Yes. Okay, okay, stay with me on this. Somebody say sanctification. sanctification. All right, I love this. So, so you are tripart and everything's not matching and you know, your stripes and your plaids are all mixed up. You understand? But, but your mind and your will and emotions are all screwed up. But God says you're mine and I've saved you, right? I've called you mine. I have justified you. All of this is happening, all right? And, and I'm going to deal with this other stuff in your life. So, so what I've just taught you, first of all, is your position. It's positional wholeness. Positional wholeness. You got to get positional wholeness. 
You got to get this, all right? So somebody praise God that you are who God says you are. Somebody praise God, all right? So I am who God says, says I am. However, some of you are stuck there. You're stuck there. I can tell when you're stuck there because you say things like this. Ain't nobody, I don't want anybody to be judging me. I don't want anybody, look, somebody come up and they'll suggest, you know, you know, uh, you're really angry and I can see that and, you know, the pride is really there and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's why I left the last church. People getting honest with me. I'm saved. I'm justified. Come on, I'm adopted. Yeah, that's right. That's why I'm telling you this. I don't know. Anybody understand? Wholeness is a manifestation of sanctification. Okay? It's a manifestation. But, but, but let me help you with this. Our Heavenly Father wants more for us than just positional holiness. You say, I want, I want to be holy. You're, you're standing in your position. You've never been filled. You've never been cleaned out. But you go to church and you're just, you know, not doing anything in the kingdom. No, ministry gifts aren't happening in your life. And none of the rest of your family. And you're, God knows nobody you work with knows about Jesus. But somebody asks you, are you saying, well, yeah, I'm saying I go to church down there. God actually wants to change our lives and free us from the bondage of sin and decay. He wants there to be a manifest holiness in our lives. Positional holiness is spectacular, but he wants to move in our lives until we look more and more like Jesus. God wants to sanctify us wholly. Jesus. That's what I was saying in 1 Thessalonians 5. May the God of peace sanctify you wholly, your whole spirit, soul, and body. Somebody shout sanctify. sanctify. And he's doing that. Notice he's doing this, all right? You know, I told you about adoption and all of that. But sanctification is this transformation of your life that is accomplished. Oh, help me, Jesus. Man, I, I want to illustrate this. I know what time it is, but I, just, I want you to see the illustration of it, all right? All right, come here, Ed, help me out, all right? You're always helping me. Come up here, all right? All right? Here, take my left arm. Give it a pull. Just pull it, okay? That's the Holy Spirit, okay? Holy Spirit, you know, I want to I go over here and oh, Holy, Holy Spirit. Anybody understand? Amen. Now, when we talk about sanctification, it's saying I'm ready to be pulled by the Holy Spirit. I'm ready to be awakened in the middle of the night and hear from the Holy Spirit. I'm ready to be drawn away from sin and decay and destruction by the Holy Spirit. All right? And, and, and so some of us, we're just saying, you know, let me go, Holy Spirit, because I'm already justified and adopted. And, and Holy Spirit will not let you go. And this is what you end up with in the rest of your life. You end up living your life this way, trying to drag the Holy Spirit into all of your mess and all of your sin and say, I'm just as good as everybody else. And the Holy Spirit, because of your position, he will continue to pull at you and deal with you. But you're going to have to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout amen. Sanctification is actually a grace-driven work. Anybody got any kids? Anybody ever had any kids? All right, you don't, don't want to raise your hand right now. Anybody had some unruly kids? Anybody had some of those? Oh, you're lifting your hand. Here right now! No, I'm, what I'm saying is, is, is that some of you, you, how many still love that broken child? Anybody still love them? Keep dealing with them. Keep looking for an opportunity. Keep speaking into their life because of the grace, the love that you have. God loves you so much, he won't let you go. Jesus. So again, sanctification is this grace-driven effort and it requires submission to the Spirit. Look in Colossians 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Okay, how many have been saved? That's what he's saying. Been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. That was baptism yesterday. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
positional holiness. It's hidden with Christ. Your life is what? Hidden with Christ in God. You were sanctified and you're justified. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in, in, in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will appear with him in glory. So how many are glad you got, you got your ticket? Anybody glad you're saved? All right. Now, okay, now, now, now listen. Listen to Holy Spirit. Set your mind on things above. Anybody get that? I need to, where, where does my mind need to be? On things above. Stop. Listen, listen. You belong to God and he wants your mind he wants your soul set your mind on things above sanctification belongs to the children of God it doesn't belong to everybody else some of you are saying you know we need a move of God in our nation right now we need people to start listening to God okay you can't get unsaved people to listen to God you know what unsaved people need they need to get saved how many would like to change our country? Anybody want to? Amen. Go get people in the kingdom of God. Amen. Come on. Go get people saved. And then they'll start listening to, to the Lord, all right? Now, now there, there's so much more here, but just so you understand, once this pulling starts in verse 6, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once, you, you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, Filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and it put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Anybody see this? So, 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 so in this text and several others, we have a blueprint of transformation in our life. Sanctification actually begins to manifest in our bodies. I keep... I keep hearing people constantly saying things like, man, I hate religion. I just hate religion. I, I wish you'd all just hush about that, okay? Now, there's some things about religion that you should despise. Cold, stale, dead, lifeless religion, okay? But sometimes we say that because, um, because we love our positional holiness so much and we don't want any transformational holiness, we don't want anybody talking about our anger or our slander. Come on. See what I'm saying? So, ah, uh, and anytime somebody starts talking to you about where you live by the Holy Spirit, you call them religious. Yes. Am I making sense to anyone? When really that's the Holy Spirit pulling you away. Look, look at this. Sometimes we want our mind and our will and our emotions our, and our spirit and our soul and our body to all be whole. But when your spirit is saying one thing and your heart is saying another and you end up trying to manage, you just end up manifesting anxiety. Set your mind where? On things above. And that can be difficult. Romans 12 and 2. We talked about this at the beginning of this series. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many have ever struggled with this? I have a struggle. I have a struggle when I leave the parking lot over here on the Wolf's Nair Roadside where I park daily. Because I decided one day that I was going to stop turning right and going to First Colonial Road and making the next right to head to my house. Because I, that First Colonial road traffic right down there where Wolfsnare and First Colonial come together. I mean, it's such a great place. A lot of things going on, but people are coming down from the hospital and there's also uh, uh, the firehouse that's down there. I inevitably get stuck there and it's so frustrating just trying to get down that road. So I have told myself that I'm going to turn left. And so I'll come to this driveway. I'm going to turn left. I'm going to go down Regency and then I'm going to make a left on Laskin because the traffic seems to be so much better when I go that particular direction. And I made up my mind that I was going to do that. But my mind evidently is not made up because every time I pull out there, I will just immediately flip the turn signal on and I'll be halfway down the road and I'll say, I did not want to go this way. How many have been there in your life? Anybody? In your mind, you say, this is what I'm going to do. But it is a struggle to get your mind to conform to what you're choosing. That's why you need Holy Spirit in your life. Because when Holy Spirit is in your life, he will draw you in the right direction, in the directions that you need to go. You need Holy Spirit. The renewing of my mind is... is, is me saying, I'm not traveling that way anymore. And you get other people to help you have a Holy Spirit. All right, sanctification. 
Some of you are struggling in this area. And one of the reasons is because overlooking the heart issues and just focusing on the symptoms hinders your journey to greater wholeness. Jeremiah 16, Jeremiah the prophet speaks about the false prophets of Israel. And he says, they have healed the wound of my people lightly by saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Wow. Let's just medicate it rather than getting down to the root of the problem. Most commonly reveals itself in relationship strife, right? God is at work. God is at work in the pain points of your life. He's working to reveal something that's deeper in your life, to sanctify that area. Anybody know what I'm saying? How many know people love to run away? Anybody know that? They just love to run away. You, real, you, you realize that uh, if you stay with the same folks for too long, then things will be revealed about you. Right? That's what happens often in marriage relationships. You got there, and then things were revealed. So you decided, ah, no, we'll just live together until everything is revealed, and then we'll get married. That's just not smart at all, brothers and sisters. That's breaking so many. I mean, that, that's not sanctified. Listen, listen, listen. You need to be with people long enough who are saved until you can't hide stuff from them anymore. Amen. Right? If you're an angry person, keep staying with the same people. Sometimes, folks, as soon as somebody preaches this, head down the road so they can tell people down the street, I left that congregation. They just keep constantly hammering me about this and that, and I'm not an angry person. <laughs> if you're angry, hang with the same people. It will show up. You can't hide your wounds and your sins and your lack of transformation when you hang around with people that are being changed from glory to glory to glory. So many areas. Man, I, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, let me just, let me just, I'm, I'm going to conclude this. We're going to pray. Um, let me just give you some directions, okay? The, uh, are you ready? Here's the call. Be born again. Be filled with the Spirit. Accept the justification and adoption of the Father. And allow the Holy Spirit to make you whole by surrendering to the pool of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want to do. You got that? I want to be born again. Anybody born again? Okay. If you're born again, then you are positioned right, correctly? But now Holy Spirit wants to pull you and change you because you belong to him. Accept the justification and the adoption of the Father. Listen, listen. Some of you are struggling living for God because you haven't accepted the justification and adoption of Father. Does that make sense? You say, I can never be good enough. There's no way that I could be called holy. Jesus says, you know why Jesus says you're, why you're holy? Because Jesus says you're holy. All right? The law couldn't do that. Jesus did it. Because Jesus died, he can do that. He paid the price for you. So Jesus says you're holy. You put your faith in him. Who, what, what are you? Are you holy? Are you a child of God? Okay. You've got to get to that point. Some of you are not to that point yet. And because you're not to that point, you're just trying to do sanctification by works and you're dying. And you're failing miserably. There are so many Christians that have never been born again. Boy, that preaches, doesn't it? Never accepted Father. Never accepted your position. Confess Jesus as your Lord, okay? And then allow the Holy Spirit to make you whole by surrendering to his pool. Sanctification. How many have ever had him? We, we used to call it conviction. Anybody ever had him like, convict you? No, that's the wrong way. That's, anybody ever been there before? Anybody just had to walk out, quit? Anybody ever had to do that? Separate yourself. Anybody ever had to do that? Anybody had that? Oh, no, can't, can't be there. Can't, can't do this. Can't think this way. Anybody been there before? All right, so he wants to do this. So why should I do this? Why should I do all of this? Because, again, going back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, the, the, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Your whole spirit and soul and body would be preserved blameless, last few words, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What? Jesus is coming. I had a weird moment down at the beach when we were doing baptisms. Uh, we're doing baptisms. We walk down this big path to get there. And then suddenly we're at the beach and people start showing up in suits and tuxedos. 
Who go? Yeah. Who comes to the beach? I even made the comment to somebody. Evidently, the dress code has changed. Hmm. But then, if you were going to a wedding, wouldn't you dress up? Say, not me. Excuse me. I guess you're a little full of yourself. But most of us, can I preach that? All right. Most of us. Everybody stand up while I finish this. Just stand up. Just stand up just for a moment. Somebody shout, Jesus is coming back. This whole statement of 1 Thessalonians 5.23, if you want to know the, the, the context of it, you've got to go back to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1. Are you ready? But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. You know the seasons, but you don't know the day or the hour. You know what I'm saying? How many know Jesus is coming? Somebody shout, Jesus is coming. For when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Now, is he talking about us? Nope. Right? How many know God has not appointed us to wrath? Somebody praise God. God has not appointed us to wrath. All right? They're saying, they're saying, hey, everything's cool. We got this together. We've got the world under control now. Okay? He says this, but you, brethren, are not in darkness so that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night. Who, who is this talking about? Anybody in this room? We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. How many have ever lived there before? Okay. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. I love this. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are all doing. Do you get this? We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Am I right? So be comforted, all right? So if, if, if somebody says, Pastor Rick is dead, tell them, No! He's more alive than he's ever been. So, well, there's his body. Huh, you didn't see the real Rick. All you saw was that aging body of his. All right? So whether you were awake or asleep, whether you were awake or whether you have passed on, we're not afraid of this. Somebody praise God for this. Now, here's the urging. Jesus is coming, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who are labor among you and are over you in the Lord and to admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. So I'm glad he threw that in as a pastor. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, I want you to listen. What's the admonishment? Here's the admonishment. Jesus is coming back. I'm, I'm admonishing you. Jesus is coming. Amen. There's a wedding. Yeah. Verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. What? That's no way to build a church. Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak and be patient with everyone. Amen. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. I like verse 16. Rejoice always. 17. Pray without ceasing. 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I love verse 19. Do not quench the Spirit. Because He's pulling you. He's sanctifying you. He's speaking to you, right? Look, verse 20. Do not despise prophecies. Well, what we need to do is get prophecy to stop. Because there's so many false prophets out there. The reason false prophets are out there is to get false prophecy to shut down completely. Because you heard somebody say something that was not of God one time. And so now, you just don't listen to nothing. So the devil had his way in your life. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. But test all things. Hold fast what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Verse 23. Now may the peace of God himself, excuse me, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, 
who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Okay? I want altar workers to come and stand up here and just spread out. Spread out. Give plenty of space between yourselves, my altar workers. If I only have two, it's going to be easy to spread out. Okay, so altar workers come. All right. Give plenty of space. I have a purpose for this. Okay? Listen, listen. I know it's 20 after 1. But you guys worship for like an hour or so. So that was a slight exaggeration. Slight exaggeration. But we gave room for the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, I'm going to do this. Ed, I did this before. Ed! Love you, buddy. Shayla, you love that guy? Okay, just like we practiced, all right? Remember when he went out to sea? Yes, sir. You do? Yes. And so, before he got back, did you want to, were you excited about seeing him when he got home? Super excited. Super excited, like, 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 all right. So, since he was coming back and you knew what day he was coming back, you probably made sure that you didn't put any deodorant on or anything. No makeup, no perfume, just, you know, as far as he was concerned, it wouldn't matter. But still, I'm saying, you got beautiful for him because you knew your groom was coming back, right? What do you think about this bride? She's bad. Okay, now that means good, right? Okay, okay. They, they, they sat through two sermons today. Oh, they're crazy or something. I don't know, but this, this, what did you say when I asked you this morning? She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. I, I love that, don't you? Anybody love that? Amen. Hey, guys. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Now, somebody says, and this is the mentality. Oh, Jesus is coming back. I better clean myself up, dear Lord. No, 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 no. That's not the mentality, is it? Shayla, that's not the mentality. Mentality isn't, oh, great. He's coming back. I've got to take a bath. <laughs> you don't do that. A bride doesn't say before a wedding, oh, I'm going to have to get a new dress. This is just too, it's just worth too much. It's just too big of a deal. No. He loved me first and I love him. And he has saved me by grace. And now I want to be his. I am his vessel. And he sanctifies me just as I am. He says, I am his. I belong to him. And he's coming back. And when he comes back, I want to see him. And I want him to know me. And I want my garments to be beautiful. Right? How am I going to do that? I'm going to let the Holy Spirit draw me and pull me and lead me and guide me. Anybody, anybody receive this? Does anybody receive this? All right. So I want some of you, listen, some of you in this room are unruly. You're unruly. Don't make me call you out from up front right now. But you're unruly. You need to stop some of this silliness and surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit. All right. Being a bad pastor. Pray for me. I'm being a pastor. You got how many got it? You got that? Some of you just haven't gotten saved yet. You just haven't accepted the love of God and His mercy and His grace, but He offers it to you freely. Some of you need to receive the Holy Spirit and say, Enough already. I'm ready to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and direct my life. Does that make sense?